this is Sabrina Marie, host of the Building Abundance Success Series. Our primetime mastermind that promotes empowered focus, decisive action, and inspired outcome. Our spotlight is on green and solar living. My guest is Michael Sykes. He's founder and owner of Inertia Homes. He's developed homes that use natural materials and natural forces to create a comfortable environment without fuel or electricity. These homes live off the grid with the help of natural sources such as solar panels, microhydro turbines, and windmills. The inertia home motto is that your home should take care of you, not the other way around, and I think many of us would agree with that. Inertia Homes has the 2007 Modern Marvel, a Time Magazine Invention of the Year, a 2011 Zayed Future Energy Home Prize. To reach Michael and Inertia Homes, go to their website, Inertia, E-N-E-R-T-I-A dot com. Fantastic information. I'm sure you'll enjoy. Michael, tell us a bit about your background and the reason for Inertia Homes. I am a mechanical engineer by trade. My training mm-hmm. is that, but I put myself through college by building houses, and that's oh, wow. how I got interested in houses. And uh, I just built regular uh, stick frame houses and more or less, you know, was not particularly happy with what I was doing. Um, and that led me to figure out a better way to do things. Now, this is green building. Um, why green buildings? Uh, we need green buildings because we're running short on materials and we're running short on energy to run the buildings. Um, when you build houses out of things like concrete and brick, uh, vinyl siding, you know, all those things are um, finite. They're not going to renew. The Really, the only real green building material that has any strength to it is wood. And the nice thing about wood now is almost all wood is uh, not harvested from the forest, but is harvested from tree farms. It's planted for the purpose of being harvested and turned into lumber. Hmm. And this is better for our environment altogether? Altogether, because when a tree grows, it absorbs carbon dioxide and gives off oxygen. And uh, the trees in the process of growing actually clean up the air. And if the tree is just left to die on its own in the forest, it's going to fall down and rot, and it's going to put all that carbon back into the air. But if you take it, uh, cut it down, and put it in a house or something that has a long life, then you've removed all that carbon from the air. The fancy name is carbon sequestration. Um but it just makes sense. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, you say we need at least 200 million new homes in the next 20 years. We've got so many homes now, and then we've got um, many structures in disrepair. Uh, this green home building uh, and what we have now in the conventional building, um, I know our listeners are going to want to know the difference. They're going to ask, hey, you know, can't we uh, do something to our existing structures? Oh, well, you can, of course. You can uh, beef them up, but, you know, you can never get what you can get with the new technology. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to start from scratch. And um, now that's that's the number of homes we're going to need worldwide just because of the increase in population, basically. Um, that's not America. 
Uh, it's not that many new homes are built in America each year, and we do have a lot of old homes. But uh, some you can fix up, some you just simply can't. And the basic problem is most of them were stick-built out of 2 by 4s and they just don't have any uh, resistance to things like hurricanes and tornadoes and earthquakes. That was just never thought of when the people were building those homes. So we, the, the, the nice brick homes we see in some of these historical places and whatnot, these homes or these type of structures, we can't really green them up. We're going to have to start from scratch. Well, you can green them up a little bit. You can make them better. But if you want to go, what's called, the term now is called zero energy. Right, net zero, yes. Net zero, and to do that, you do have to start from scratch. Wow, okay. But we we just use a a different technique to get the zero energy than than most houses. Okay. Uh, We, instead of adding a lot of insulation and making them really tight, uh, I consider those a bad thing. Uh, the houses are so tight that the air inside them is, you know, uh, literally polluted. You have to use an air cleaning system, which is electrical, mm-hmm. in order for the people to even live in the houses. So we, we took a different path. Instead of heating the air inside the house, we're heating the structure. Now, that's interesting. Now, what makes the inertia building system different from other systems? Uh, well, for one thing, it's made out of solid wood, not two-by-fours. Uh, it doesn't have any insulation in the walls. It doesn't have any siding. It doesn't have any sheetrock. Um, the walls are solid, and they're strong, and they're impact-resistant. And interestingly, the wood we have found to build out of southern yellow pine stores solar energy. Mm-hmm. So the energy during the day that falls on the wall is captured and released at night. And a normal house, if you pack it full of insulation, uh, yes, you're keeping the uh, furnace energy in, but you're also keeping the solar energy out. So you're kind of hurting yourself when you do that. Uh, we just took a different approach. And of late, most of our houses have uh, what's called a uh, double-shell house. Okay. That- that means that around the living space is a second set of walls, mostly with glass on the south. And what we're doing is we're using that outer shell to create a false climate for the, the house you live in. Uh, say you're in Minnesota in the winter and the sun is coming into that outer shell. And the inner shell where you live, it thinks it's in Hawaii, not Minnesota, because we fooled it. We built a false climate for it. What we're using to heat up the outer shell of the house is called the, uh, the greenhouse effect. You know, okay. We started hearing about that in the 1970s. And I don't know why I got a bad name. Uh, the greenhouse effect is the only reason that Earth is, you know, we can live on Earth. Okay. If we didn't have the greenhouse effect, Earth would be about uh, 300 degrees below zero. So what we're doing is we're building houses with a little uh, atmosphere around them. In the front, it might be eight feet. In the back of the house, it might be just eight inches. But it is a, it's called biomimicry. That's the scientific term, is you mimic nature. Okay. And in this case, we're mimicking uh, planet Earth. And so what happens is during the day, the sun heats the air in this uh, outer shell, and it fools the inner shell into thinking it's in a much nicer 
uh, climate than it really is. And it's, it's really neat. Uh, there's no electricity involved, um, no fuel, no furnaces needed. Um, you know, it just happens all of its own accord. And inside that outer shell, you get little wind currents, just like the winds in uh, Earth's atmosphere, and that moves the energy around. So it's, it's one of the best examples of biomimicry that's out there, and it's uh, really a practical uh, way to, you know, lower the energy cost of your house. That sounds amazing. Now, with this green building, uh, we're talking about it being better for the environment. Will this actually um, cut out some of the um, uh, vapors and other things that are just, uh, you know, they test for certain radon and other things in homes now? It will because it's not a tight house on purpose. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of those problems you mentioned come because the houses are made really tight. They're They're just sealed up with tape and plastic and... Um, they're trying to make them energy efficient by making them tight, and we're we're not. We're just heating and storing energy in the walls. And you can open the door or window uh, during the day in January, and it really doesn't change the temperature of the house because the walls are still warm. Okay. Now, all this material you say is 100% renewable. There's no insulation and sheetrock and whatnot, and um, I'm wondering now, do you believe that we're headed toward having actual whole communities, you know, buildings? Uh, have you seen this in the country, you know, and where is it more more prevalent? Um, there are a few green communities have been built. Um, they're not using my technology. They're pretty much using stick frame technology. And what they, they try to do, instead of using fiberglass insulation, which is kind of toxic, they'll use... Uh, something like um, denim scraps or newspapers, cellulose. But they're still using the old technology. It's not a totally different uh, and new technology. I mean, we just went back and started from scratch. We, we, we felt that you just could not use the normal way of building buildings and, and make them zero energy and at the same time make them strong enough to uh, resist a hurricane or tornado or a storm. How do they resist these uh, elements that come into our lives? How do they? How are they able to withstand these uh, types the, of uh, The walls of the house are made out of uh, what's called glue lambs. And uh, if you're not, people may not be familiar with that term, but you, everybody has seen them. They're used to hold up the uh, roofs of churches. Um, the uh, airport here at Raleigh-Durham has giant glue lambs holding the roof up. I think they're the longest ones in North America, to be exact. Mm-hmm. And glue lambs are small pieces of lumber that are glued together, and um, they form large pieces of lumber that have a great deal of strength. In fact, pound for pound, they are stronger than steel. Wow. And, uh, and they're renewable. Obviously, not steel is not. Concrete is not. But glue lambs are made of uh, wood, and they're renewable. And what this means is the house, uh, the walls are glue lambs, so they can take the impact of debris that's thrown about in a tornado or a hurricane. They have a great deal of wind strength. Uh, The wind is not going to blow the house down. Now, one thing you have to do, because the house is so strong, and it's going to stay intact, and you have to anchor it to a basement, or the tornado will just pick the whole thing up intact and 
it'll just take it off like uh, Dorothy's house in The Wizard of Oz. My heavens, yeah. So you wow. have to, you, you can build the glue lambs and uh, tie everything down to a basement foundation. And yes, the, the tornado is going to take your roof shingles off and break your windows out. You just got to accept that. But your structure is going to be there and, you know, you can quickly put your glass and roof back on and move back in. Where can the average American, and, and you know, they're probably thinking this is going to cost a whole lot of money, <laughs> you know. Uh, we have great rooms and, and big homes these days. What's the, what's the cost of getting something like this in, a, in our community if we wanted to start with a new construction? Um, well, the way to do it for less than normal is to, if you're able to build it from one of our kits, we, mm-hmm. we make the house as a kit. Okay. And a lot of do-it-yourselfers will order our kit, and they and their family and their relatives will put the kit up. And by doing that, you're doing the sweat equity route, and you're not paying as much as if you have a contractor build your regular house or if you had to buy a house built by a contractor. Um, but that's that's the only way you're going to get energy savings. It has a lot more wood in it. Mm-hmm. It has about six times more wood in it than a regular house, so it's going to be a little more costly. Um, what could take care of that if we could ever get this into mass production? Uh, right now, we're just making them one by one, mm-hmm. and our factory in North Carolina is the only source in the entire world for this house. And mm-hmm. if you, you know, were to, someone were to take this and put it in mass production, the cost would come down quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, a uh, solid wood wall would cost less than the normal process of two by fours. Insulation, siding, sheetrock, trim, painting, staining. You know, you've got about ten things that go into a regular wall. And when you screw down one of these glue lambs, you're finished. That's it. The word inertia, where did that come from? That's kind of interesting. Yeah, that is. Um, when we started this process of uh, using wood to store energy, mm-hmm. we had to uh, do our own math. It had never been done before. And we had to have ways of calculating uh, the amount of energy that was stored. And the, when we did the equations, this, this term kept popping up, uh, these same units, and it's a, a merging of inertia and energy. So we just respell the word inertia with the letter E, and that was the term in the equation. And the definition of inertia is energy from a shift in time. Uh, it's an old concept, but we just... We just put a word on it. Uh, it's just like uh, light amplification was not heard of much until they gave it the name laser. Okay. And now everybody knows what a laser is. So we, in our sense, we're using the word inertia like laser. We're just given the old concept of energy from a shift in time uh, a word. And it's really neat. The word is my word. I made it up. and. And you can actually, you can find it in college textbooks now, and uh, science has picked up on it. And, Your design uh, philosophy is rather interesting. Explain. Um, well, you'll see it. It's the first sentence on our uh, website homepage, and, and the sentence is, Your house should take care of you, not the other way around. And what that means is that when you build this house, you should be able to live in it and be warm, in winter and cool in summer, all your electricity and water should be provided by the house from there on out. 
eventually we'll probably have a way of your house making fuel for your car. Uh, another thing, you should never have to worry about your house burning down or taken away by a tornado or hurricane or collapsing by an earthquake. You just shouldn't have to think about these things. So, if you, you know, imagine if, if the power goes out, the grocery stores are closed, and you're confined for your house for a month, like in a flu epidemic, you just don't have to, you shouldn't even notice. Your house is going to take care of you. And present houses don't do that. They're pretty much built for uh, looks or eye candy or real estate sales or um, that type of stuff. The normal people don't think about how their house is going to protect them, and we do. Now, speaking to that eye candy you just mentioned, people are, are moving into much larger structures, and some maybe even 6,000, 12,000 feet. Now, this technology, will it work for any type and size of home? Uh, it's interesting. It's the opposite of normal construction. In normal construction, the bigger the house, the more energy the house uses. Mm-hmm. But because we are using the wood or structure of the house to store energy, the bigger the house is, the more wood it has in it, the more energy efficient it is. So our larger houses are more energy efficient than our small ones. And yes, we're we're building some large houses, but one reason that is is a lot of our clients have a home office now. Mm-hmm. They don't even commute to work. Right. They they work in their house, and you may have a house with a large number of square feet, but a third of that is typically devoted to uh, an office. Mm-hmm. And if they're not driving to work, they're actually using less energy in that large house than the you know, family with a small house that drives to work every day. Now, the whole net zero concept, I've heard that, in that you're storing um, energy within the walls of the home, and it brings your uh, utilities down. Um, I've also heard a concept where people are having that energy uh, stored if it's solar, and um, also uh, being able to give that energy back to a community. Can you talk about how that happens? Uh, That's usually done with the electricity. Okay. Um, what happens is you have solar electric cells on your roof, and you can go two ways. You can, um, the sun is only shining during the day. Mm-hmm. So what some people will do is what's called grid tide. They will sell the extra energy back to the power company during the day, and they will buy energy from the power company at night. And they get a check from the power company, usually in the summer, because they're producing more than they need. Uh, the other way to go is called off-grid, and that means you have batteries and you're storing the energy in your own house. You're not even connected to other houses. And what happens with that is um, if the grid goes down, like in a uh, hurricane or storm or an ice storm or something, mm-hmm. you still have power at your house, even though everyone else doesn't. Now, if you're grid-tied, you're you're powering some of the other people in your neighborhood, but when the grid goes down, everybody's out. Mm-hmm. So it's um, it's it's a fine way to go. It means you don't have to mess with batteries, but you have to be prepared uh, when that grid goes down. You're not going to have any electricity either, even though you've got solar panels on your roof. Really? Yeah. Mm. We encourage most of our people to go off grid. 
we think okay. that's the way to go because there have been so many storms lately and, mm-hmm. you know, the power companies are just totally unreliable. And so it's, uh, it's kind of uh, satisfying to have power when, you know, everybody else is out. And what does the future hold for inertia? Um, we're on the third generation of our houses now. We've improved them. Uh, we've been in business uh, over 25 years. And when we started back in the 80s, uh, there was no such term as green building. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we didn't develop this system to be green. It just happened green building came along and we fit right in. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, a lot of the buildings that are called green now are only 10 and 20% renewable wall systems and we're at 100 and always have been at 100 so we're we're way out ahead of where everybody is trying to be and um, the technology is mature we've done 100 homes in 25 states Um, I guess it hasn't made it into mass production yet so that does make it a little costly and then there's a lot of shipping because We've only got one factory here in North Carolina. Um, the biggest hang-up, uh, this interview may help, is, is a lot of people don't even know that this technology even exists. I have a lot of people who, you know, they they come to me and say, we built a house a year ago and we had never heard of you. We didn't even know there was a different way to build a house. And... Um, but there are still improvements that can be made. I've got uh, several other generations of houses in development. Uh, they're mostly small things. Uh, we're experimenting with the glue lamps. Okay. Uh, we have embedded fabric in with the lumber, for instance, to make them stronger. And uh, we've played around with printed circuits so we can control the way the energy flows through them. But uh, these are fairly expensive things to manufacture. I am not able to, you know, undertake. You know, I just don't have the money to go into production with these things. So we're hoping we'll have some investors come along and they'll see where we're headed here and uh, want to take this thing to mass production. I, I really think there's a future here that mm-hmm. uh, two by fours will not be how houses are built in the future. You'll uh, use solid material like ours. You'll email your project head to Home Depot, and then an hour later you can go, you know, pick up your house pre-cut and numbered, get your electric drill out, and start building. You um, are mentioning our, our future. If you were to go into a, a major city and they wanted uh, your services on how they could uh, be a little bit more green and a, a more um, energy efficient, how would you actually do that now? We're talking, you know, uh, say downtown Atlanta or, or uh, north or south Carolina with the structures already there. What would be the first thing you would be thinking to do? Um, well, what you've got to do in a, uh, an existing building, I, I wouldn't be much help there. Okay. If I were to approach a town like uh, Joplin, Missouri, that was just totally blasted, mm-hmm. you know, that would be a nice clean slate where I would know exactly what to do, and uh, I would start building solid wood houses. Uh, I would start, actually, at the southwest corner because that's where the tornadoes come from. And what really happens in a tornado is it's just wind until it hits the first house. Mm-hmm. And then when it tears up the first house, it is wind filled with things like bricks and shards of metal and wood. 
And that's what grinds up house number two and three and four and so forth. Everything flying in the air. And Everything flying in the air. So if you had the chance to start from scratch in a, in a town, uh, like uh, that town Green Greenburg, Kansas, where uh, I think um, they went in and started from scratch there, I don't agree with the way they did it mm-hmm. because the houses still you know, can fly apart, but uh, that was a clean slate to work from. And that's what we have to do is uh, we have to start from scratch with this. It's just totally different uh, from from normal. To be in touch with you, they can go to the inertia.com website. Tell us about what they will find there. Uh, you will find a uh, description of how our houses work, uh, both scientific and aimed toward the uh, average person, and then you will find a uh, section on the different houses we've built. Uh, there are construction sequences where you can see uh, how the houses go up. Uh, in some cases, you can see pictures of the family building their own houses. Um, we have uh, pages on, uh, for instance, uh, homeschooling, which a lot of our people who bought our kits literally use their family to build a house, and that's part of their homeschooling. That's awesome. And uh, awesome. and we have you know different model of houses that are already pre-designed, and then we also do custom homes. But the the main thing is the houses are different. They're built out of these wooden blocks, which we've trademarked with the name Green Building Blocks. And everything is done for you at the factory. Uh, you just have to uh, follow the numbers get your electric drill out and put them together. It's like a big Lego set. Uh, put the roof on it, and then it's like a normal house. You can finish it out uh, warm and comfy, actually, if you're in a cold climate, because as soon as you get the windows in, it starts to heat up. If you um, have any questions, of course, uh, I can be reached. And um, I guess the best thing is to go to the website and just see, uh, I had not even mentioned, but these... Uh, in the 1970s, solar houses were kind of uh, odd-looking, and uh, I think you'll find our houses to be very attractive. That's been one of my goals, and our architectural staff is to make the houses look good. So if you're going to do an off-grid, wonky house, uh, you don't have to look wonky. You can... <laughs> <laughs> you can you That's can, a good thing. <laughs> you know, you can be proud of your house and the neighborhood and... Uh, and you, it's a legacy house. You can leave this house to your children. It's not going to last. The average life of a uh, stick frame normal tract house in America is only 30 years. Mm-hmm. That's the life of the mortgage, actually. When the mortgage is paid off, you're pretty much ready for a new house. Mm-hmm. We've, we've modeled these houses after wooden houses in Scandinavia, and, and some of them are over a 1,000 years old, and the people are still living in them. That's wonderful. It's just incredible. So, Thank you so much. Thank you.